great to see all of you here in worship as you uh, start your new year off right here at First Church, and we're so glad that you're here. I want to remind you that, well, we did and we are doing very well with our pledge campaign. Someone asked me recently, how are we doing? We're about 94%, and our budget will not be approved until the end of this month. So it's not too late for you to turn in your pledge or turn in another one if you want. Uh, as we look to this year and uh, approving our budget for ministry. And as Nikki mentioned earlier, this church does so much. There is a devotional guide in the bulletin for you, for you to use each and every week. It's there for your own edification, to use uh, personally, but also in small groups. And it's a way to live with the message during the week. Let's be in an attitude of prayer together. Eternal God, we do... Praise you with exceeding great joy for all that you've done. Just coming through a season recognizing that you are our Savior. That brings us such joy. And boy, do we need a Savior. We need you. Because we can't do this without you. We can't save ourselves. We need your power. And Lord, now I need your power and strength as you've called me to do a monumental task. And that is to preach your word to these, my friends, and your servants, Lord. A task I always need your strength in order to do. So, Lord, please speak to me and through me in such a way today that all of us will receive a word from you that will make a difference to our lives. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I think most of us in the sanctuary today would agree that faith in God is important. We wouldn't be here today if we didn't think it was important. But let's be honest. Life can be hard and difficult. It can be filled with challenges. So sometimes it's just easier to just live in fear and doubt. Sometimes it's so much easier just to throw up our hands and say, what's the point? Does all this faith stuff really make a difference at all? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that faith does make a difference. It makes all the difference, which is why I'm kicking off this series in the new year entitled Keep the Faith. This series is all about facing the challenges and the difficulties of life head on and keeping our faith intact through it. And I believe that if you receive this message today into your heart, you'll be able to faith it till you make it at the end of this series. Now, I'll tell you, this particular series is very personal to me, very special to me, because like many of you, I've gone through periods of of doubt and questioning. There have been times in my life when I have struggled to keep the faith. I'm human just like you. I have personal demons. I have doubts. I have struggles. I have challenges. But there was a particular season of my life when I went through struggles with doubt and questioning where I received an epiphany, which is appropriate today because this is Epiphany Sunday. And I want to share that epiphany with you. It was a breakthrough I experienced during a very difficult time in keeping the faith where everything changed for me. I felt liberated. I felt that I was free from fear and doubt and all the struggles and I could keep my faith intact. In fact, it actually got stronger. And so this morning, what I want to do for you today and in this series is to share with you what I learned, what caused that breakthrough, what caused that pivot, what caused that epiphany. Because I have a hunch that you or somebody you know desperately needs this message. You feel like your life is out of control in some way. You begin the new year not with a positive attitude. All things are crashing down around you and it's very hard for you to keep the faith. Yet you know it's important. But inside, you just don't feel like keeping the faith. 
And maybe it's because it's a, it's a new year, a new school year, a new year of facing challenges and pressures. Maybe you're a teacher facing pressure, or maybe you're a student facing pressure. Or maybe for others of you, it's honestly, you just moved here. And the culture is different here. Everything seems different here. You feel alone. You don't feel like your normal self. Or maybe it's a doctor's appointment. The doctor ordered some tests and you're waiting for the results. And you're thinking, how am I going to live with true faith until I get to that next appointment? Or maybe in your life, it's struggling with your marriage. Maybe you don't talk about it to other people, but you're struggling in your marriage or struggling with your career. Or maybe there's a personal demon in your life that's winning right now and you feel overwhelmed. This demon has gotten the best of you and you've come to church because you know faith is important. You've come to church because you want your faith back and you want your joy back, but it is very difficult for you. And honestly, you're impatient with God. Maybe you're angry with God. Maybe you feel far from God and you're not sure what to do about that. And then you run into these super Christians sometimes in your life. We talk about God like he's eating cornflakes with them at the breakfast table every morning. And they say, just give it to God. That's what I do. And you're thinking, who in the heck are these people? Who are these people? You know, maybe you're thinking, I find it tough enough just to get to worship on Sunday morning. This morning, I'm going to share with you. What has helped me keep the faith in a real and strong and very solid way. And like I said, if you receive this message into your heart, I believe you're going to receive that breakthrough. Because I'm going to share you exactly how I was able to do it. This epiphany I experienced that made all the difference in the world. And a big part of this experience was a prayer I actually read in the Bible. That was huge for me. A prayer that came from a guy by the name of David. King David. Ever heard of him? One of the most celebrated kings in all of Israel. But I don't need to tell you that David didn't always have a model faith. He made bad choices. And he struggled with faith a lot. And we can get up close and personal with David by reading the Psalms. A bunch of his prayers are in the book of Psalms. And in particular, I want to lift up a particular prayer that David prayed. And some of you aren't going to believe he prayed this, but he did. It comes from Psalm 13, verse 1. And this is how he begins his prayer. See if you can relate to this one, folks. How long, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Now, I know that the truth be told, some of you came to worship with that kind of prayer. You're angry with God. You're impatient with God. You are losing your patience. And perhaps some of you feel guilty for feeling that way. Well, don't. If anybody says to you that being angry with God and being impatient with God is wrong or a sin, they just haven't read their Bible. They're B-I-B-L-E. The Bible is filled with prayers like this. The truth is, there is more faith in these kind of prayers than a lot of other prayers. And David is being raw with his emotion. He's being raw with God and he's talking directly to God because he feels abandoned. He feels that God has been hiding from him. He feels like God is not responding to him. And so he's crying out, how long, Lord, how long? Anybody have that prayer today? But David has a lot more to say to God. Oh, take a look at this. 
And verse 2, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? David is drowning in despair. And more than that, he sees all these wicked people around him making terrible choices, and yet they seem to be living the good life. And here he is, hanging on to what is right, and yet his life is miserable. Ever felt that way before? And notice the refrain, how long, how long, how long. This is a man who's struggling with his faith, waiting on God. Are you waiting on God for something today? Are you thinking and praying, how long, Lord, how long? Well, I tell you, there is an answer. There is an answer from this prayer, but not before David gets a little darker. Take a look. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes and I will sleep or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. David is telling God if he doesn't receive some sign of hope, some, some way that he's going to get out of this mess and this darkness. He's basically saying he's going to die with despair. He's going to die because of despair. Literally in the text it means he will sink into the grave. Yet, there is a transition here. There's a shift in this prayer, which is amazing to me, and it's, and it's impacted me. There is a shift we see in this prayer through what I call one of the biggest buts in the Bible. You want to hear about one of the biggest buts in the Bible? Here we go. It's seen in verse 5. There's a twist. There's a turn. And David, in the midst of this crying out prayer to God, being in despair and darkness, he would say this, but... But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Now what in the heck happened to David? One minute he's in the pit. The next minute he's praising God. One minute he's in great despair. And the next minute he has joy over God. What happened? I'll tell you, but happened. That's what happened, because here is what David was saying in this prayer, and I believe this with all my heart. He's saying, Lord, I feel awful. I feel terrible, but I know your character. I know your faithfulness. I've experienced it in the past, and I know I'm going to experience it in the future. And I know, Lord, that that your faithfulness is greater than how I feel, and therefore I will choose to trust in you regardless of how I feel. You see, that's the conclusion that David made. He knew that God and his power was greater than how he felt at any given time in his life. And his faith was not determined by how he felt. Because he looked in his past and he remembered, and this is so important for all of us, he remembered when God was faithful to him in his past and he remembered that. And he said, I will trust in that. And that's why it's so important for us to keep a journal of some kind. So when we're in a place of despair and we think God is far away, we can look back and turn back and say, oh yeah, I remember. I remember. So here's the message for today. Here it is in a nutshell. Faith is not a feeling. It's a choice to trust God's character instead of your condition. 
This is so important. Faith is not a feeling. It's a choice to trust God's character rather than your condition. Faith is never a feeling, folks. If, if you're wait, if you're waiting to feel like having faith, you'll probably never have that faith. You know, it's, it's so many people measure their faith by how they feel. And let me tell you, faith is not determined by how you feel. None of us would have faith that was determined by how we feel. And this is even bigger. God is greater than how you feel. And even more than that, God's faithfulness to you and his power through you is not determined on how you feel. I mean, I'd be, I'd be in deep yogurt if God operated this way. Well, Charlie doesn't feel very strong today. I guess I'll abandon him. No, and that's why the advice, follow your heart, trust your heart, is the worst advice in the history of humankind. Because sometimes our heart wants revenge. Amen? Sometimes our heart wants to get even. And sometimes our heart wants to give up. Wants to throw in the towel. And stop having faith. Our feelings are based on the whims of culture. But God's character, His faithfulness, is not based on that. It's strong forever. It is rock solid. So let me tell you, God is not asking you today to feel like having faith. And that may be a liberating word for you. God is not asking you today to feel like having faith. This is what God is asking us to do. To choose His character, rather than our condition. To choose to have faith, regardless of how we feel. God is asking us just to take that first step, even when we don't see the whole staircase. Just to move forward a little bit and to choose, despite how we may feel. Now, sometimes doing that will lead us into a new feeling of faith. But it's choosing to trust God's character that will lead to unflinching faith. You know, in his book, The Case for Faith, Lee Strobel talks about a young preacher about to preach his first revival. And he was so nervous. But it wasn't because he had never really preached before, although that was part of it. He believed God had called him to preach, but he was filled with doubt. He was a skeptic. He had struggles. And he was had this contrast deep within him of feeling called, yet not trusting God enough and not believing everything he was supposed to believe. And so one day he was taking a walk and he was angry with God and struggling with God and questioning God about this. Lord, you've called me, but I have these doubts. And then this young preacher, since God said to him, I'm not asking you to figure everything out. I'm just asking you to trust me. Well, the next day, that young preacher, his name was Billy Graham. And he began one of the greatest ministries in the history of Christianity. Faith is not a feeling. It's a choice to trust God's character rather than your condition, whatever it may be. And maybe some of you are thinking, well, Charlie, that sounds holy and wonderful and good and something you may say on Sunday morning in the pulpit, but how do you do it? I'm going to share with you how to do it. And this is a word that has helped me, and maybe it will help you. You hold on by letting go. 
Oftentimes, we hold on to things by letting go. And I know that seems ironic. That seems counterintuitive. Sometimes we have to disconnect in order to reconnect. And what do I mean by that? Well, in many ways, I mean, sometimes when we look at our lives, there are things that are draining our energy, draining our spiritual energy. God is giving us all that we need, but there is a particular thing that's draining almost everything out of us, and we don't hardly have anything left for God. What do you need to let go of in order to grab on to your faith and to God? You know, for some folks, it's technology. You know, our iPhones, our cell phones. I'm getting to meddling now, aren't I? You know, they've done studies, and I'm guilty too. I love my iPhone, but they've done studies that have showed that our phones release chemicals in our brains that, that, that increase anxiety in, in scary ways. Like if you're in a meeting and your phone goes off and you know you can't check it, chemicals are released that makes your blood pressure rise. It makes you nervous. And they've also done studies on the ambient light that comes from phones, how it affects our sleep patterns. Maybe, maybe some of us need to take a Sabbath from our phones. I know when I, those rare occasions when I turn my phone off, there is a peace that comes over me. And maybe we need to let some of that go for a while. Imagine the precious time and energy with God and family that we're missing because of these little phones. But maybe for others of you, it's letting go of something else. Maybe it's letting go of toxic people in your life. You know, maybe you come to church and you're filled with faith and then you go back to maybe some friends or people in your life that are just toxic and they suck all that good stuff out of you. Consider the people you're hanging out with and how they're affecting your faith. You may need to demote some people in your life. Amen? Or maybe for others of you, it's letting go of toxic faith. Maybe you grew up with a toxic theology. Some fundamentalism and literalism, that God's a monster. You finally need to let that go and call that heresy. Or maybe for others of you, it's saying, now this is important for all you type A's out there, saying the word no. Can you say no with me? No. You've been conditioned to believe that unless you're busy, 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 Always doing something, you're worth nothing unless you do that. And maybe you need to say no and be still and know that God is God. And maybe some of you need to let go of resentment that is toxic inside of you, beating you up or regret. It's time to let go of that thing that you did a long time ago that you always harp on and remember to forgive yourself as God forgives you. You see, folks, this is what I've learned. Usually living life in confidence, living life over fear is just on the other side of letting go of something. This is what I learned in my life. When I went through that dark season and that dark period, I was struggling and struggling and struggling. And finally, through reading scripture, this word came to me and it was, Charlie, if you will stop giving all your attention to these things, they will die. And instead, if you give God permission to work and to take these things, he will do it. 
And I tell you, I, I learned this whenever I remember holding Paul as a baby. I miss when he was little bitty. I would hold him and I would feed him. And, and the gift in doing that, as all you parents would know, is that I had to help him hold the bottle and then I had to hold part of Paul. And that meant my hands were not free to hold a cell phone or to hold a TV remote. What a gift. So I was forced to sit in the silence with my child and feed him and listen to his coos and look at his eyes, look at me, and then watch his eyes glaze over a little bit as he drank that milk and got sleepy. And then, of course, I would burp him. And after I would burp him, he would get sleepy. And at that moment, I always had a choice. I could put him down for a nap, or I could just let him sleep on my chest. What do you think I chose most of the time? Sleep on my chest. Ugh, nothing better in this world. And there was always that moment. There was always that moment, and many of you know this, when Paul would finally just let go. And you'd feel all of his weight just drop into my chest. Complete dependence. Complete trust. And I always remember that for two reasons. One, I remember what a miracle gift Paul is. And I say to myself, Charlie, whenever you struggle with doubt, just hold this child and remember the goodness of God. But there's another thing I remember. I remember how my Heavenly Father holds me and never lets me go. And I say, God, I don't know what my future holds, but I know you hold me and my future, and I will choose to trust you. Faith is not a feeling. It's a choice to trust God's character rather than your condition. And this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Let's pray. Great God, as we prepare to receive these elements, may they be an expression for many of us of just letting go of those toxic things so we can grab hold of you. Lord, help us not to beat ourselves up from day to day when we feel, we don't feel like having faith. We don't feel very holy. Thank you, Lord, that your power and faithfulness is not determined on how we feel on any given day. But Lord, give us the strength to just trust you. Trust you a little more than the feelings we have. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Receive this benediction. And now may that mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you also. May the love of God, our Heavenly Father, abide with you this day and throughout this week. May the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit fall fresh upon you. And the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ go with you and sustain you both now and forevermore. Amen.